All right. Said to me, Holy, then will I be free? Oh, she was hiding me, every girl face I see. Oh, she's coming We're addicted to, to chasing wins, right? That's that's why you play professional sports. We're, we're chasing points, we're chasing trophies. Oh, yeah, we are back. That was Tommy Wielden, the gaffer talking about their hopes, dreams, aspirations for this 2021 season. We're back at it. This is the Bow River Brigade podcast. My name is Shafe. Alongside me, as always, back in the studio, Doogie. Yep, back again, your co-partner, pilot in crime, partner in crime, co-pilot, I guess is a better term. Yeah, you can be my (laughs) pilot in crime. I like it. I like it. Cavs are coming off of their first win of the season against York Nino. Sorry, sorry. York. United FC. You really got to watch that. This is going to, I'm pretty sure this is going to take a full season for Shafe to actually it might start be, to say yeah, that. It might be intentional too. Who knows? They'll always be the nine stripes in my heart. I but think it's a little intentional. It is a little intentional. Again, the Cavalry opened their season by, well, they won this one. They've never lost any openers so far in their history, three seasons in. No, undefeated for openers. Keep that up. Why not? Yeah, and maybe next time we'll actually get a prediction right, because neither of us got our predictions right on the opening match. I had predicted 2-0, and Doogie, you had the, what was it? I had three, three nothing actually. Yeah, that's right. So didn't quite get there, but you know we'll keep going. We'll have a little prediction later on in the show, and we'll also hear another clip from Tommy Wielden in his pregame before York Nine and his you know aspirations for the season coming up here. But you know it was a great game against York, and they are looking like an improved side. You know York looks like a rejuvenated team. Yep. They. Uh, you know, it, it was a it was a very even match. Uh, York made it made it a test. York, uh, you know, they came out and challenged us. And they started really strong. You know, I was almost surprised that Cavalry got that early chance to put one in there because York was looking pretty dominant early on. There were a couple clearances, you know, just inside the six yard box, that kind of thing for uh, for the Cavalry defense. And yeah, it was. Uh, it was an intense match for an for an opener. It was, you know, it, it looks like we're in for a good season here. York are a team that have been shaken up with some changes. We saw some formal cavalry players over on the other side of the pitch. Big Dominic Zator has changed his colors, changed his stripes, I should say. Nine of them, yeah. yeah. They they got a good player in Zator. We know what it, we know what he brings to a team, and and it's it's all positives. Absolutely, and Nico Giannostopoulos is going to be fighting for that starting position as their goaltender over at York, and I, I'm, I'm sure we're going to see him later on in the tournament here. You know, and I, I think with such a such a tight schedule and an intense schedule, you know, teams are really going to have to rely on their depth and their, uh, you know, their backup goaltenders, their backup players in the outfield, that kind of thing. Definitely going to be have to manage some minutes. And you, these games are coming fast and furious. And speaking of someone that's coming down the pitch fast and furious, the guy that you know everyone was calling the man of the match in that Cavalry versus York Nine game. It's got to be Jose Escalante. I mean, yep. 
everything that Cavalry did that game offensively went through him, whether it was, you know, getting a goal or whether it was setting up goals or just uh, breaking the, breaking out of the defense. He yeah. was a key player. He was always involved in every play. He had a fire lit under him. He was going 100 miles an hour for every ball, even back-checking to pick up a ball when he can. He was looking hot. And we've seen that from him before. He's a tenacious player. He's going to, when he loses the ball, he is going to be the first player to come and challenge you to win that ball back. So that's something we've grown to see from him, and that's something we look uh, to see in the future from him, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. And even though Cavalry did come out on top, they were pretty evenly matched. Doogie, what are the breakdown of some of these stats here? It was a... Quite an even game. Uh, you know, the the shots and possession were were pretty well dead even. The passes uh, did favor a little bit in Cavalry's favor, and uh, I I think that might have been the you know the the big breaking point for this game. Cavalry had four hundred and sixty two passes with eighty percent pass completion, whereas York had 335 with 73% pass percent pass completions. So it just shows that when Cavalry did have the ball, they were really, really executing their game plan well, and they're building the ball forward with intent, that kind of thing, and, and keeping possession while they do so. Yeah, a lot of new faces in the Cavalry lineup as well. Definitely glad to see Anthony Novak in a better color. So, you know, I know I don't dislike the guy now. I don't dislike him at all. You know, I'd love to see him pot a few, and he was looking pretty sharp. Yeah, he had a chance early on, and I think the red suits him. You know, yep. um, I think he's a kind of character that's going to fit in well with this team. Uh, notoriously, I think that he's a, you know, a dressing room style player, a, a, a real leader off the pitch as well as on the pitch. So, Bringing somebody like that into the team is perfect because, as we said, losing someone like Dominic Zator, mm -hmm. he was a huge leader for us. So I, I think somebody like Anthony is going to come out, you know, come out running and ready to play. We didn't see Oliver Minitel. He is not fully healed yet. He's still getting back up to match fitness there, but we do expect to see him later on in this kickoff tournament here in Manitoba. Uh, another player that we've been missing that I'm not really sure what his future has in store. One of your favorite players, you know, you put his name on the back of your kid, is Nico Pasquati. It'll be really interesting to see what happens, uh, you know, with both of those players. Oliver's going to take a bit of time getting back into into full shape, and and Nico, I believe, is doing that right now. I believe he's still going through some of his rehabilitation. I believe he's been working a bit on, you know, just his family business and stuff like that. Yeah. And and then, as I said, just working hard to train and, and get himself back to, to where he was. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be hoping that he'll be back in the lineup throwing some long bombs. But, you know, that's the first game of the season for Cavalry. And we got to watch out for those nine stripes, the York Nine United, York United. Oh. He'll never get it, no. but no, we definitely do, and and I think, Shafe, I think we played a really disciplined game against York 9, but we also did get caught giving away a couple fouls that are in really, really good positions and really good opportunities, and as we saw, if you give away fouls in this league and there's 
there are players on on the pitch that will punish you. Abzi's free kick against us was was world oh, class. That was fantastic. Yeah, he is definitely a talent to watch out for. All right, let's quickly go over some of the other results in the opening weekend for the CPL. Opening match, we started, uh, kicked off our weekend with FC Edmonton in a loss, uh, a last-minute loss against Atletico Ottawa. Atletico scored a goal in, I believe it was the last 10 minutes to to pull off a win against them. So it was a hard-fought match. Yeah, that one just warms your heart, though, I got to (laughs) say. And then we had PFC. They came out on top of Halifax Wanderers by a score of 2 to nothing. You know, it was a dominant performance by PFC. So definitely a team to be wary about. And Bustos is picking up where he left off last year. And uh, speaking of things to warm your heart, Shafe, let's talk about the Forge-Valor game. Valor came off with a 2-0 statement performance win against Forge FC. Great to see. I don't think this is a two-pony race anymore this season, (laughs) Shafe. Welcome back, Tristan Borges. Welcome back. You're doing great. We love you. All right, and the Cavs, they came out on top 2-1 to one with a, you know, that's a classic result for a Cavs-York game. And the Cavs still undefeated in opening day matches. Yeah, definitely, Shafe, and that's something we want to keep going. I believe overall we've played York seven times and won six times and only drawn once. So we've never lost to them. So it's a nice little stat to also keep in mind there. We'll take going that. Forward. We'll, we'll see them a little later on in a couple weeks here in this opening kickoff game. Now, coming up for the Cavs. Let's talk about Wednesday, the 30th. We have the Cavs versus Ottawa Atletico. And that's going to be an interesting game to watch. They're young. They're looking a little sharper. They're only in their second year in the league. Um, Doogie, who are some key players to watch out for? Atletico's coming off a big win. And, uh, you know, Vitti Martinez was the one that got the last-minute winner against FC Edmonton. You know, he could come in hot and uh, and on a roll with some momentum. So that's somebody you might need to watch out for. Here's a familiar name that you always have to watch out for. Ryan Telfer. Oh, yeah. yeah. First, first CPL, I always got to say it, first CPL goal ever in yeah. history. Great goal, by the way. And he had some chances against... Uh, Against FC Edmonton, and I think that uh, he is always a player that you can't take your eye off of for a second, or he will make you make you pay. Yeah, definitely. And in the defensive realm, who are their key players that we should um, keep an eye on? Defensively, they played a great game against FC Edmonton, and they're going to look to do the same thing against Cavalry. Cavalry is a very, very offensive team. They're always going to be looking for goals. I guess game plan against that is going to be to shut down goals. So I'm looking at Drew Becky, their new signing. I think he's stepped into the team and he's going to have a really, really big role to play on this team, as well as Dylan Powley, who he's consistent. He's always consistently been a good keeper. And I think he's he's going to be a guy that, that the team really, really relies on. Interested to see how Atletico shapes up against the Cavs here. Um, Any other things that you can think of that might play a little factor into the next upcoming match? I think things like formation and substitution tactics, uh, which, you know, which I think Tommy is great at. Things like cycling out the players to make sure that the right players get, get a little bit of a break because... 
as you guys, I'm sure, have seen, we're going through a bit of a hate wave. And I'm, I know, have my towel right now in the studio. I am wiping my brow. It is hot. Yeah, and I don't doubt that it's going to be hot on Wednesday. So I think stamina and I think tactical management of your of your lineup is going to play key into this game. Yeah, absolutely. And Tommy Wielden had a few thoughts about how his side is shaping up that he brought up in the pregame press conference before the game against York United. So I always try and build a squad I would like to watch. And I'd like to watch a team that's you know easy on the eye, that likes to attack, whether it's with the ball or, or in defence. Um, and that will take, that'll take time um, to, to get to the fitness layers we'd like to. So whether we do it in moments or as long as we can, that's great. But yeah, definitely by having a younger roster, is there a durability? Is there more, you know, legs or energy about that? Absolutely. But you always need that blend, you know, a little bit of the, the, the dust on the ball, so to speak, that, uh, that, that makes us a vintage team. bit of dust on the ball so to speak I think that's very well put you know you do need uh, a young team and as I said stamina is going to yeah. be a big factor and energy managing the minutes um, it's going to be an interesting one exactly but you still do need to have that dust on the ball as he says and you know I don't doubt that Tommy's going to stick to his uh, his usual game plan and he's going to, you know, he's going to put out a, a, a good variety of some veterans out there to, to anchor down the team and as well as some young guns to keep things exciting. All right, Doogie, let's talk predictions. Wednesday against Atletico, what are you thinking? I'm going with a Cavalry FC 2-0 victory. I think that it's going to be a tight-fought match. Maybe Cavalry takes a first-half lead with a 1-0 lead and then ices it with a penalty towards the end. Nice, nice. You know, I think Atletico is definitely going to put up a fight, and I think that 2-1 classic scoreline might come back into play, and I think Cavs are going to come out on top with a 2-1 victory over Atletico. We'll see what happens, but we'll be back in a moment with a bunch of other predictions for the season overall. The Bull River Brigade podcast is just one of many fantastic podcasts that you can find as part of the Northern Starting 11 network. Do me a favor, go online right now, type in nsxinetwork.com and you can find a bunch of podcasts from all around the league, such as the Nine Stripes podcast or AFC Curtis. The Northern Starting 11 network online at nsxinetwork.com. And we're back with some more predictions for the upcoming CPL season 2021. That's right. All right, we're going to start off right now. We'll kick it off, if you will, with the Golden Boot winner. Who is your prediction, buddy? I honestly think that uh, Diadine Abzi is going to take away the Golden Boot. I think he's an anchor for York 9, and the offense is that York 9 has is going to be flowing through him. Yep. So I think he's going to be, if he isn't the golden boot winner, he'll be up there. But I think he's going to take the cake. Nice. I'm predicting Jose Escalante. He has so much fire under him. He looks so ready to get all those balls into the net. And that's goal that he got. Just like he never gives up on anything. And Tommy had said in the post game that he's not even at full fitness yet. He's still coming up. So if this is how he's starting out in the first game, I can't wait to see where he ends up. 
And you can just see he plays with so much passion and he just loves what he's doing. So when you do what you love and you're good at it, you're always going to be dangerous, right? Yep, definitely happy to see him back in the country. Let's go more golden. Who you got for that golden glove, buddy? Golden glove. We got Marco Carducci. Yep. I can't go against my boy. You know, I think he's this year. I think he's got a great defense in front of him. And he's just the epitome of consistent. Yeah, he's looking real good. You know, someone that I have my eye on for the Golden Glove is Jonathan Saros. He's on loan from Montreal, and he is coming off of that win. He's looking sharp. He's going to be someone to watch out for. Definitely is, and he's a young player too, so yep. he could be around for years to come. Keep an eye on on him how, however long that loan goes. What do you think, Shafe? Who do you think takes home the player of the year this year? You know, this um, was a lot of debate in my head, but I'm going with Akeem the Dream Garcia. If he's not getting the golden boot, he could very well take player of the year in my books. That's a great pick. I mean, he he doesn't just score. He does so many other things for for Halifax, right? So that's something. it's, It's not just, as you said, the golden boot. They're looking at a player that transforms the team around him. Yeah, absolutely. And a player that really does that, in my opinion, whether he scores or he's setting people up, is Marco Bustos. He has got to be my player of the year. I think... You know, yeah. if he started out again hot and, and if he has a season like he did with the Island games, I don't think that there's much debate, especially if they go far and make it into the playoffs. And obviously, we're all about building talent in the CPL. So when you're looking at a lot of these players, they're young, they're hot, they're ready to go. Who do you think is taking home the crown for U21 Canadian Player of the Year? It is also tough to say because I guess we haven't seen some of these younger players play for some of the other teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for me, Victor Latoure has has stood out immensely on the Cavalry lineup. Over the years, he's had the occasional minutes here and there. And, and when he comes on, he looks like he wants to stay there. And he looks like he wants to make a name for himself on this team. Me too. I picked Victor Latore too. Like you said, I mean, a lot of these players, we haven't even seen them play. We, we've we seen Victor Latore. He's got some moves. He's got some jives. He's got the feet underneath him. Excited to see what he does this year. And he's got the passion, right? So it, it's great to see. He actually made the cross that set up the Sergio Camargo header, the Escalante. Yeah, he was, so. he was right in the thick of things. He's looking good. And going on from here, we got, let's look at Coach of the Year. Who, do you, who are you picking for Coach of the Year? I can't stray from my boy. I think if you're a Cavalry fan and you don't think that they're going to have finally their breakout season and this is their season to push, you're not a real Cavalry fan. And because of this, I think Tommy Wielden takes Cavalry to the final and I think he, he takes the cake. I wanted to go a little bit off-brand. I was going to pick Tommy. I knew you'd probably have Tommy and something to say. It's tough. <sighs> I gotta, I'm got. i going to pick my side chick on this one. And the Halifax Wanderers, Stephen Hart. He built a good team last season. They fought so well in those Island games. I think he made make a big statement this year. Well, and I believe he won the coach of the year last year, if I remember correctly, because they made such yep. a statement in those island games. He's coached for Canada. He he has yep. the credentials. Uh, you know, Shafe, I think that is a, an absolutely great pick. All right, let's talk Final Four. When it comes down and everything's on the table, 
Who are the final four teams that you see? The final four is that? That's not patented, is it? I don't think so. No, but sh- no, if, if, it, if it is, shh, guys, don't tell them. Yeah, it's, it's not the Sweet Sixteen or anything. No, it's nothing like that. No, so for the final four predictions, I've got the following: first place, Cavalry FC. I think Cavalry FC are gonna take the season. Second place, Pacific FC, followed by Valor FC in third place. And I'm going to go with York United in fourth. I think that they're going to upset some of the some of the big dogs. And if you noticed, yeah, I don't have Forge in there. I won't say I predicted that they were going to lose their first match, but I don't think they have the same team that they've had. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We picked our Final Four independently. Didn't really talk about it beforehand or how things were going to get laid out. I also left out Forge. I don't know if I just hate them that much or I actually think maybe they're slipping. They're slipping. And I mean, eh, this is a, probably a bit of wishful thinking, yeah, too. for sure. But we'll, we'll go with it. Anyway, for me... From the fourth place, I see York Nine, York United. I think they're a hot club. I think they have a lot of potential this year. Up in the third place, I see Halifax Wanderers FC. I think they're going to do well. I think they maybe could make the second place. It's going to be really tight between Pacific and second is who I have and the Halifax Wanderers. They're going to be fighting. It's going to be neck and neck. Like you said earlier, I don't think it's a two-dog race anymore. I think it's going to be a really hard-fought season, and the Cavs are going to come out. On top, that's my fourth pick. Cavs on top, but they're not going to run away with it. No one's going to run away with it this season. Who do you predict are going to come out of those teams in the final? It's hard to say. Have our top four. It's going to be tight. It's going to be Cavalry versus Halifax. Cavalry-Halifax final. That would be brilliant. For me, I have Cavalry final against Valor FC. I think Valor FC is going to going to push out Pacific in in the semifinal match and then Cavalry is going to push out Valor for the North Star win. Ooh, the North Star Shield up for grabs yet again. So yeah. we'll see how these uh predictions play out, I guess. Shafe, keep these uh etched in stone and we'll check back in a few months here to That's right. Doogie, I got to ask you how, how is this season set up exactly? It's year three, and it has been different, I think, every year. So break it down for us. It is finally a little bit simpler this year, to tell the truth. Each club is going to play a 28-game season. Set in stone, 28 games are going to get played. Single-table season format. So essentially... Like we said, those 28 games, most points, that's going to be the uh, the standings. From then, at the conclusion of the schedule, the top four teams will advance. Once those top four teams advance to the playoffs, the first seed will host the fourth seed, and the second seed will host the third seed right. at their home venues. Right. So once those games are played, it's going to be a single game semifinals. Winner moves on to the final, which will also be a single game final at the seed that's higher home venue. So if Cavalry finished first and they ended up playing Valor like I predicted, or Cavalry finishes first and ends up playing Halifax like you predicted, both of those finals 
would end up being at at Cofield in Calgary. Oh boy, I hope to be there. I hope get some fans back in the stands. So personally, Shave, I think this is a great, great layout, and it really gives something to play for right until the the final games of the yeah. season. You want to get into that top four. So there's going to be teams in fifth and sixth place, seventh, maybe eighth towards the end of the season, still fighting to yeah. get into that playoff spot. Yeah. Not only that, your team wants to finish in a good seed because we want to be hosting those one-off games at Atco Field, right? Yeah, let's get noisy. Can't wait to get back in the stands. I think there is actually, do we have tickets yet for anything coming up? Speaking of that, Shafe, we have the kickoff in the bubble at Winnipeg concluding July 24th. So the kickoff bubble that they're playing in right now will be done July 24th. Each team will play 20 games remaining, and those 20 games are going to be split up into four games against teams from other regions, for example, East versus West. And then the rest is going to be 16 games against regional rivals. Look forward to the first Cavalry FC home game of the year, August 28th at Cofield. Let's go. That's going to be against Pacific FC. Not sure what capacity is going to be like. Not sure what things are going to look like. But we want to fill essentially every seat that we can. So we'd love to see you guys out there. That's right. Get out there. Get your second jabs. Get your first jabs. Get that full vaccination. Let's get things back to normal so we can be back in Echo Field. You mentioned Pacific there as our first game. That kind of brings me into kits. The new ones coming out, these community kits. The kit wins, kit misses. PFC, nailed it again. Great kit. I agree with that. My hit kit isn't PFC, but they were the close second. It is a smart design. Mine, I got to go with Valor. Valor has not disappointed on a single kit they've put out. They nail it every year. Every single year. Now, Shafe, we have the misses of the season. What do you think is the miss kit for the season? I guess York has two kits. Yeah, they got to. But, uh... Which one just didn't resonate with you, Shafe? Sadly, it's the Cavs. The Cavs kit, I just think it's kind of out of touch. I just feel that they should have done something more inclusive, like get um, an Aboriginal artist to design some fantastic kits, somebody local. This is the community kits, and they're putting like an RCMP officer on it, and they're doing like a – it's just not great for me. It was a big miss. I can get behind that. I I think it's kind of a very 50-50 kit right now. I've yeah. heard I've heard some people liking some of the sublimations and stuff like that. I've also heard, you know, I would have rather the fort on the front and not have uh, you know, Colonel McLeod at all and yes. the, you know, for me it wasn't the miss. I think the design is still smart and it did enough just to get out of the bottom tier <laughs> for me. Yeah. For me, Forge FC, I have to say, I, I didn't like their, you know, what, Dragon, I think it is. on Yeah, the... I don't know. It's uninspired. I'm not a big fan. Not even ripping on Forge just to rip on Forge. I just, it, it just didn't really resonate with me. It didn't tell me anything about Hamilton, in my opinion. It could have at least been like the York 9 kit last year, where at least it had a map to tell you how to get there. There we go. Where, where even is Hamilton? I have no idea. All right, buddy. 
finally back in the studio. Good to be back. We're going to be bringing you as many episodes as fast and furious as we can. Try to keep up with the pace that these games are coming at us. Looking forward to the next game kicking off on Wednesday the 30th against Atletico Ottawa. Yeah, and don't forget, plan ahead, book those days off. I believe it's a Wednesday, August 28th against Pacific FC at Atco Field. Make sure you're ready for it. Book the days off work. Bring the family out. Heck yeah. I am excited to get back in the stands, my man. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Bow River Brigade podcast. The theme song and music is brought to you by a local Calgary musician, Mitch Blot. Visit him online at mitchblot.com. That's M-I-T-C-H-B-E-L-O-T.com. He has a few shows coming up. I think he's going to be playing the Ironwood. Great local talent. Definitely get out there. Get back into the scene. Support the local economy. Get out there. If you're going to spend the money, spend it on some local places. Make sure that we can start getting our community bustling again and get some of these places up and running. And don't forget to follow us on all the social media platforms. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Follow us at BRBFooty. That's B-R-B-F-O-O-T-Y. And if you feel like contacting us, ranting, raving, telling us what we're doing right, telling us what we're doing wrong, send us an email at brbfooty at gmail.com. Yeah, I'd love to get you guys into the conversation. We're going to be a little bit more active on Twitter, throw out some polls. We want your predictions on the Insta stories. Let us know what you're thinking. Get in the conversation. Send your hate mail. We want to hear from you. Until next time, march on. BRB. Pretty or gritty, all counts as three points. <laughs>